Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Ashley Tyson on the line. Ashley, how are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me on today, Michael. Thank you. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation because it's something that I think a lot of people that are looking to make an impact in the lives of others in our communities, you don't necessarily pay a lot of attention or know a lot about what we're going to talk about today. So why don't you share a little bit about you and the work you do and we'll dive right in. Uh, thanks, Michael. So I, I like to call myself a reformed attorney. I have, uh, I've practiced law for 22 years, going on 22 years now. And the, you know, through that, I've done a bunch of different stuff. I, was, I worked for a big firm. After the big firm sufficiently sucked my soul, I, uh, I, I started a, uh, an impact investing company myself. And I went in-house with a commercial real estate uh, sponsor and tenant in common syndicator. And so we built a bunch of shopping centers kind of across the United States and syndicated those out through 1031 exchanges. When the commercial real estate market went to, to, to the pot in 2008, 2009, I doubled back into law and uh, built an M&A firm that, uh, that, that focused on providing you know, Wall Street level sophistication for Main Street level transactions. So we developed a system where we could do uh, you know, sophisticated M&A transactions for folks, but do it at a fraction of the cost. And we're able to help folks that wanted to sell their businesses be able to get that done and get protected on the sale of that business, but to do so at a, a, a smaller cost. And we did that through a document generation software. So I sold that firm in 2017 so I could help business owners put more of their hard-earned money in their pocket because it's not what you make, it's what you keep. And that led me to a CLE in 2018 where I heard about this guy talking about the Tax Cut and Jobs Act. And he said, oh, by the way, there's three pages of legislation in there that created these things called Opportunity Zones. And he gave a real brief synopsis of it. And my ears perked up and I was like, hey, I ran him down in the hall afterwards. I was like, that sounds like 1031 and private equity got married. And he's like, that's exactly right. And I said, all right, I'm in. So I went in and I started taking down domains and uh, one of which was ozpros.com. And uh, that, uh, that led to a, a ton of inbound traffic of people who were trying to, to do Opportunity Zone deals. A conversation with Jimmy Atkinson, who's host of the Opportunity Zones podcast, led to, hey, Let's, uh, let's start the legal Zoom for Opportunity Zones. And I said, well, I just happen to have this software product that I developed that we could repurpose for Opportunity Zones and we could bring Wall Street level sophistication to Main Street America so that we can vest the backbone of American economy, which are the day-to-day entrepreneurs with one of the most powerful tax tools ever created by the legislature. And so that's been our passion at OZ Pros is to democratize access to Opportunity Zones. And uh, we started with you know kind of the LegalZoom product when people were like, wow, I can't even figure out how to fill out these forms. I need some information about that. We created an educational product, a strategy call process, uh, a way to help them once they, you know, once we created their opportunity zones for them, and, uh, and then an ongoing assistance with the compliance. So a thousand strategy calls later, over 800 plus 
uh, opportunity zone entities and uh, countless Americans that now have the ability to be able to do opportunity zones. Here we are. It's an amazing story, and one of the things that jumped out at me there was a lot, but one in particular yeah, sorry. was yeah, sorry that was that's a no, long no, history, a no, long no, sorted no, history. <laughs> but you know, you you got it in in a few minutes, so it, it's great. But one of the things you said was you know, Wall Street to Main Street type of thing, and you mentioned right. that twice. It's funny when you have you know, you're familiar with Start With Why from Simon Sinek. And Absolutely. Steve, Steve Olsher, a good buddy of mine, wrote a book called What Is Your What? That Those those two things right there is, is part of what you've done. So you, you did this, okay, I want to bring Wall Street level to Main Street. And then you got to do it again in something different, but... Without Similar. you, know, yeah. but without you know, completely going with a new tool back. I, that's something that I found in my career because I've done a lot of different things. Is there are certain tools that just work, and you're that's like, right. okay, they be bring them along, and in this this opportunity, and it was great that you were paying attention because a lot of times in seminars and webinars, you know, all of us doesn't matter how engaged we're in the talk, sometimes we might go. Mm. So, so it's you, funny you, is that there, there were like 250 lawyers in this room and it was right after lunch and this guy had kind of a monotone. And so it was, everybody else in the room was asleep. And I was like, as I was listening, I was kind of like perked up and I was like, how is everybody not like on in this? And so, yeah, to your point, it pays to be engaged because you never know when you're going to get that lighting, you know, that light, that, you know, that creative kick that's going to spark a new concept or an idea that's going to result in, you know, literally changing your life. It changed my life. I, you know, since 2018, I've done nothing but opportunity zones. And, and that's the great thing, which again, creates opportunities for others. It just has this amazing ripple effect. So for our audience that are, you know, just start listening right now, you know, maybe they were asleep when they hit play, it all of a sudden comes in and they're hearing the word opportunity zone. They may not know what that means. So sure, could sure. you share a, a definition or your definition of it? Because I'm guessing your definition is probably better than Wikipedia's. So I'd love to hear yours. So they were created by the Tax Cut Jobs Act of 2017, and they were done so to allow the governors. So each governor of every state got to designate up to 25% of their low-income census tracts as opportunity zones that, uh, that allow investors who have either a long-term or a short-term capital gain to be able to make an investment into a fund. And then when they do that, they're able to defer their taxes for uh, roughly five years uh, right now, it's five years up till 2026. And then when their fund investment turns 10 years old, they're able to not pay any capital gains in the form of a step up in basis to fair market value. Not only eliminates capital gains, but it also eliminates depreciation recapture. So this incredibly powerful tax tool uh, was structured in order to incentivize folks to either do real estate deals in these zones or to move operating businesses into the zones. That's why I said it's like private equity in 1031 got married, because it's not just for real estate, it's for active operating businesses as well. And so what it did was, number one, it got the attention of private capital. Number two, it got them off the sidelines with some deadlines that it had inside the program itself. And then number three, and this has been the first time that this has happened in any of these kind of legislative created tax incentives, is that it got private capital to be patient because you got to keep your money in for 10 years. So now all of a sudden people are 
twisting their thought. They're like, okay, how can I hold something for 10 years as opposed to, okay, how can I cycle something as fast as possible? And so what that's resulted in is a massive amount of interest in these zones that have heretofore not had interest. And so it's been... And there's some surveys out about uh, you know kind of how much money's gone in. Estimates right now are around $75 billion of private uh, capital that's gone into the opportunity zones. It's actually raised house prices in the zones as compared to other ones. And, uh, it, you know, and, and it's estimated that it's going to assist helping alleviate property by up to 11% in these areas. And, and that's just what we have right now. And we're just getting rolling with the program. We got some recent bipartisan legislation that was introduced that actually, I think, may have a shot of getting passed either prior to the midterms or maybe even in the session after the midterms uh, that's going to extend the program by two years and uh, create this billion-dollar dynamism fund that will be available for people to get technical assistance with opportunity zones for areas that need help and uh, some other cool stuff that you'll be able to do with that. So. It's an exciting program and it's really exciting because for the first time, private capital is interested in doing good and, and really kind of going to the areas where it typically wouldn't have been. And that's been the kind of coolest part about my job is that it's allowed for all of these stories about impact. I get to hear them every day and it's really neat. Well, the fact of you know, deferred capital gains is something that a lot of people that, especially the way the, the markets have performed, you know, maybe not this week, but uh, in, in <laughs> pre- previous years, you know, excluding the, the March 2020 dip. And then, of course, from there, you know, it's like, oh, okay, let's get back to business. And, you know, a lot of people uh, have been sitting on some capital gains and they're going, okay, well, I don't want to give all of it back to the government taxes. What do I do? Correct. And, you know, so they look at different alternatives. Okay, what do I do on this? But in this type of situation, Number one, yeah, you're you're putting something in, and yes, it's a long-term investment. But you know, every portfolio, and again, this is not investment advice. This is information only. But I would say that, in my purview, having long-term investments is a good idea for the long term. If you want to day trade and do other other stuff, that's that's great. Go ahead. But ultimately, for people that have done really well and they're sitting on these gains, a great way to you know, minimize you know, your, your tax situation on that, but also make a gigantic impact in communities that have been, quite frankly, struggling for a long time yeah, exactly. is an amazing opportunity. Well, so you've mentioned a couple of things there. So number one is that it gets people a tax break on being able to, you know, on the initial piece. So if they're staring down the barrel at a substantial tax liability and be that in the form of appreciated stuff that they're trying to exit and maybe to diversify or that they've already exited, this is a way to fix that. So we can defer that capital gain. It gives us time to come up with some other tax strategies in order to mitigate those gains when they pay them in 2026. And then it allows for us to diversify their portfolio, to your point, right? To either get exposure to real estate or to, uh, you know, to operating businesses. Uh, and, and then the key piece is that it allows for tax-free compound interest. So compound interest is the seventh wonder of the world. 
tax-free compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. And that's what the Opportunity Zone program creates, is that it creates a place where you can literally create generational wealth in the form of tax-free compound interest that, uh, that you're ultimately going to get on the backside of this with no taxes. It's also kind of a cool play for folks looking relative to their overall estate that if they're anywhere in the $10 million range, you know, they need to be concerned about that, uh, you know, that estate minimum, right, of what you can, uh, what your lifetime exemption amount is. That amount's coming down in 2026. It's unclear about what that amount's going to be, but people need to be looking at that. And the cool thing about Opportunity Zones is it's the initial amount that you put in that goes against your lifetime exemption amount, not what it grows to. And so it basically becomes a de facto irrevocable trust because it gets it out of your estate at the amount that you put it in. And so all of these things combined make it an extremely powerful tool in the quiver of a uh, investor, uh, you know, business owner, uh, real estate investor. And so it becomes a really powerful tool for a lot of different folks. And that's one of the reasons why we've been as busy as we have. So share one of those stories. You, you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, you, you get stories all the time of, of the impact that these opportunity zones have created. You know, so share, share one of those or a couple of those because I, I, I want people to, to hear what, what their money could do, um, not just you know, making them money and, you know, with investment and interest and all that kind of stuff. I'd love to hear some of the stories. So we've got a, uh, so there, it, one of the coolest ones is the, like, I, that I think is kind of this centering around food. So we've got a group that, um, uh, that they're actually buying real estate in areas that kind of have a food desert and they're doing vertical farms, whether those are indoor or whether those are outdoor. Uh, one group's actually doing container farms and then they've got, uh, you know, kind of the produce stand that's right there as well. And so they're putting people to work on the farm. Uh, they're actually you know, able to sell the produce in order to kind of create a, a food desert or to ameliorate a food desert situation. And so I love that story. And it's really flexible and it's really, uh, you know, I mean, that's going to, you could do that in an urban environment. You could do that in a rural environment and both of them need it. I got another group that's uh, in Alabama where they're taking this kind of failed uh, development on a lake and they're turning it into an autism community. And so they're, uh, they're, they're making it so that uh, they can bring autism folks in or autistic folks in. They can provide a, a place where they can get the services they need. But then on top of that, they have, once again, they've got kind of an agricultural bent there. They've got a separate farm where they put these folks to work and they create this you know, inner uh, working relationship where you know, all things are working together relative to providing a much needed resource in the form of the agricultural products that they're doing. And then also serving the needs of the autistic folks that are coming into uh, the community that they're building. And I, you know, I got story after story about cool stuff like that. We've got, um, uh, you, we've got a, a, a project down in uh, Center City, LA that's in an opportunity zone. That's a coffee house, uh, a fresh produce stand and a co-working incubator facility, facility that kind of thing. Uh, and 
it's just really neat how these, I mean, literally these, they, they just keep coming out, uh, you know, subject matter, that kind of thing. Uh, it's amazing how creative people are relative to how they're utilizing this program and they're bringing people and resources together to, in order to help, you know, increase the, you know, the value of people's lives. It's neat. Sounds similar to there's a restaurant down the street from my office that basically employs people that have had employment challenges or maybe they you know were incarcerated for a period of time yep. and they're going through all of that and they're training them on how to run a restaurant be you know whether it's cooking wait staff hostess whatever the case may be and in teaching them different skills and it's great when because you know i'll go in there the food's really good there so i'll go in there and then every once in a while i'll hear that it's like, well, where's this person? Because I, I do, I, personally, I try to make it a point if it's a place that I'm going to frequent from time to time, I like to know the name of the staff sure. just because they see me all the time. And so yeah. it's being a human being. It's, it, it's, they're not a, yes, they're serving me, but they're not my servant. Exactly it's like right. they're, they're a human being that's helping me and I'm helping them by paying for their services and all of that. So I was like, where'd this person go? Oh, you know, they just took a job at this restaurant. I'm like, Okay, that's when I know that this is an amazing thing because you guys are helping people, giving them a hand up and like, here's what you need to do. And that's the thing with these opportunity zones. It's creating jobs. It's creating opportunities. It's improving the neighborhoods. Like you mentioned earlier, the housing prices in a depressed area, all of a sudden are increasing. Guess what happens? And people have money. The, the, the neighborhood turns around. I've seen areas that have been really run down, turn around. And it's, it's an amazing thing, and especially when you see the people that are living in the neighborhood that stuck it out and then things turned around and they were able to invest in their home and take advantage of it, you know, clean up their yards and all of that. And all of a sudden you see this vibrant neighborhood and it, it's not hard to do, but it's really hard to do. And <laughs> that's why I love, you know, the opportunity zone and, and, Bipartisan support. Who would have thought? How about that? Uh, right now, of all things, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's kind of the cool thing about it is it, so not only has it become kind of a, a rallying point, something, because we can all, I don't care whether you're Democrat, Republican, or whatever, you can agree that doing good in underinvested areas is a really good result. And so, regardless of who took credit for it when it came through or whatever, right, we can agree that that's a good result. And so, thankfully, we do have bipartisan support. The other really interesting piece about this is that inside the communities themselves, it has resulted in almost like a fulcrum. Uh, you know, so it, it, it's become a place where and a, a rallying point where lots of different government organizations can circle around and they can use opportunity zones as a unifying uh, venue in order to attract private capital from outside to get their various public agencies kind of pulling in the same direction and then to marshal those resources in a collective effort. And, you know, in, I don't know, there might've been some other ones before, but it's, I've been uniquely able to, to see this work within the context of opportunity zones. And that's been a really, really cool result as well. And I think they're an amazing invention and creation that again, helps people with, you know, some tax breaks per se, but 
instead of, okay, here you get to deduct this from your return or whatnot and nothing ever really happens to it. But no, let's, let's rebuild communities and let's, you know, expand and create opportunities, whether it's jobs and, you know, or new housing or new services in the area, infrastructure, whatever the case may be. Now, this happens. It's amazing. It really is. Now, so, you know, there's lots of, in once again, unfortunately, our society has become very polarized. And so, you know, polarization has become cool. And so it's almost like you know, people feel the need to, to, to be on the other side of something just because somebody that they don't like is in support of it, which is unfortunate. And so, there, you know, there has been a lot of focus put on, okay, well, this is just a program for the rich. Well, it's not. And that's what Opportunity Zone, you know, ozpros.com has specifically been set up is to, to make it so that anybody can take advantage of this program. There's also, we also heard stories about some of the, you know, the stuff that, you know, the developments that were going to happen anyhow that are happening now as Opportunity Zone deals. Well, that's going to happen, right? But, you know, unfortunately, we've seen a lot of that be focused on relative to kind of the negative points of it. Uh, namely because of kind of who is associated with it at the outset instead of, okay, let's look at this thing in totality and then let's look at how much it's actually costing the taxpayers, which is literally, I mean, it's very, very minimal when you look at the, the scope of, uh, of other tax incentive programs versus the benefit that we're receiving as it relates to private capital coming in for the things that they historically have not done. And I think that that's the really cool thing about this is that it's actually moving the needle. And I'm hoping that the, the recently introduced bipartisan legislation will continue to, uh, you know, that'll get passed. And then it'll also continue to, you know, increase interest in the program. I know it definitely will. So Ashley, I've loved this conversation. I love the work you're doing. Where can people find out more about you and get some more information about these opportunities? Yeah, ozpros.com. So we've got, uh, you know, we've got a, a specific webinar uh, based upon kind of what you're interested in. We've got webinars that are available there. Uh, if you go to ozpros.com slash podcast, you actually can get a discount on all of our products. So we have strategy calls for somebody that's interested in learning. I think that's the fastest and cheapest way to kind of get your questions answered and see if you've got an opportunity zone deal that'll work. Uh, we've also got educational products. We've got an online community of about 270 people plus that uh, is inside of our OzWorks group. And people could go to ozworksgroup.com and explore that. And then we've also got a compliance bootcamp, which is basically, uh, it's a weekly call where we answer people's questions and we kind of go through uh, challenges and other ideas for folks relative to them executing on their opportunity zone strategies. And all of that's available at the ozpros.com website. And uh, if you go to ozpros.com slash podcast, you can, uh, you can grab a discount and you know, I'd love to talk to any of your listeners on a strategy call and, uh, you know, and see if we can't help them execute because that's what we do. We help people do opportunity zones on their you know, dreams about you know, creating generational wealth and doing good at the same time. That's awesome. I'll definitely have that information in the show notes. So loved our conversation today. Thank you again. And thank you for, for paying attention during that seminar that one day, because <laughs> I think it's, it, it, it's mind boggling, you know, by you just spending a little bit of time and, and 
doing the work that you're doing, how much it's impacting so many lives. So thank you so much for your time again today. Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure being on. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.